You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network. Future of radio. The future. The future of radio is here. Funemploymentradio.com. So what do you think is a men's fashion magazine I should be working for? No. Or should I start up my own column? All right, this is just a blip. This is a blip. Uh, no. It's going to go away. No. Fashion is fleeting. No, this is something that I've noticed my entire <laughs> life in that I never realized You have realized never it. noticed that. Well, I just noticed it now. Sarah, I'm a fashion icon. Oh, my God. And I didn't I even know it. I should have never told you this. I didn't even know it. But, I mean, here I am all this time. Yes, everything this, hideous at one point or another becomes popular. No, it's See, this, like uh, mom jeans or no, anything along those lines. No, it's the untapped potential I just realized I had. It's a wonderful day. Hello, everyone. This is Fun Employment Radio. I am Greg Nibbler here with Sarah X. Dillon. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today, wherever and however you listen. It is so fantastic that you do so. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. And I'll, uh, I'll discuss a little bit more of that here in a minute about, uh, about some wonderful, wonderful news I just found out about myself. Oh, so. God. I should have never shared that with you. Well, it's too late. It's already known now. Now, the cat's out of the bag, if you will. Okay. Um, so we've got a lot of stuff to get to to today's show. And um, I will say this, coming up in just a little while, we're going to be interviewing the author, Shannon Huffman Polson, who is the author of North of Hope. So she's going to be joining us here. Yes, and let's just and be honest. So her book is like, uh, so she went through something really crazy. She was actually living here in the Northwest. And I, I don't know how to sugarcoat this. Her parents were eaten by grizzly bears. Yeah. And that is, and like she no wrote, joke. yeah, and so she wrote a book about kind of like coming to terms with it and like going on her own adventure to like mm-hmm. try and, you know. Yeah, she's it an out. extremely accomplished person. Like, she's been through a lot of things and done a lot of things um, with her life. So uh, she's going to be in here talking about her book, and we will uh, we'll go through all that here in just a little bit when she, when she joins us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, we're going, we're branching out a little bit. Yes, indeed. Yes. And before, uh, so we'll be getting to that in a bit. Um, before we get back into the fashion thing, there is something that we promised we would do today. So with Fun Employment Radio, we have something that we call, of course, Operation Hot Summer. Operation Hot Summer is in full effect. In which uh, Sarah and I are both trying to get into shape and get uh, get get well, look good for the summer when the summer season comes upon us. And as part of that, we have our fine sponsor, the Bike Gallery here in town, bikegallery.com. And you can uh, find out uh, everything about them. You can order any kind of uh, anything you would want from bikegallery.com. Mm-hmm. Use the code FUN14 to get a discount. Yep. And Sarah and I are uh, on our borrowed bikes from the Bike Gallery. We are. We have our bike challenge that's going on where Sarah and I are each competing to see how many miles we can ride. Well, I do have to say, for the record, I did have to bring my bike back because my bike seat wasn't uh, properly fitting my gigantic are butt. Are you so coming up with excuses? I'm not, but what I'm saying is I needed to get a bigger bike seat because the smaller ones, I just can't really ride on those very well. So I was, you know that I... am panicking. I'm not panicking. You are totally panicking right now. Honestly, you sound, you sound like when I'm trying to come up with excuses. You're nervous. You think that I've ridden more than you. Well, you live further away than I do. Oh, somebody's a little and bit And I've nervous. been running a lot for Operation Hot Summer because in order to be hot for hot Operation Hot Summer, That's I've fun. had to do all different kinds of things. Like one day I'll do Pilates, the next uh-huh. day I'll, do, I'll go running, and the next day I'll ride my bike. So I can't really just commit to one kind of exercise because Ex- then your muscles get too used to it uses. and then you don't then you don't use as Listen many muscles. Listen to these excuses. Wow. Well, here's what's uh, here's what's happening. So with the bike challenge, we're going to be doing a doing this a few different times this summer. For this one today, we're going to give an update on how many miles we've ridden, but I'm going to give a tease for something else. So we'll be paying off the first uh, section of the bike challenge. Sarah and I will have a bet. There's something we're going to do, but it'll be on stage at the comedy showcase coming up on May 21st at the Secret Society. So get your tickets now. Yes. At funemploymentradio.com. You can click on the link right there uh, for the Fun Employment Radio Comedy Showcase, which will be Wednesday, May 21st at the Secret Society. Seriously, we want to see everybody out there. It's a fantastic deal. Great show, but one little facet of it will be Sarah and I on stage paying off. It's going to be a tiny facet. Well, it'll be a small facet, but it'll be something... You're so nervous. Uh, But we'll be paying off the first section of the bet then. So we're going to be riding up until then. So this isn't uh, the official winner of the first section. No, no, no. The official winner is going to be declared. Are we going to bring these? uh, uh, We'll bring them. We'll bring them and show them the comedy showcase? Yes. Of course, the comedy showcase featuring uh, Curtis Cook, Bree Pruitt, Tim Hammer, Nariko Ott. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Get your tickets at funemploymentradio.com. Please uh, go there and pick Mm -hmm. them up. Pre-sell. Pre-sell. They're cheaper. Just pick them up and then you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. So Sarah, (sighs) let's just give an update of where we're at right now. So how many miles have you I'm not going to go first. You go first. Fine. I'll go first. I have ridden 36.3 miles. God damn it. 
so far in the Fun Employment Radio Let me Bike see Challenge. That. 36. I can't, you know, you're miles. holding it up to the window because you know I can't see. Oh, uh, fine. 36.3. 36.3 miles. Is it, is it verified? Is that what it says? Yes, it's verified. Okay, so Sarah, how many miles have you ridden? I have ridden, actually, I'm not that far behind you, which makes me feel better. I have ridden 34.7 miles. Not as far as me. Oh, you are fucking good. Not if I, if I, mm, oh, what? you know that oh, I couldn't excuses? ride my bike that oh, day because what? the seat was hurt. Hmm? The seat wasn't fitting properly. So I brought it to bike gallery and they properly fitted me with a seat that's did for you, my body. Did you walk the bike over there? No. Yeah, I actually had to. Well, so then well, you then, got no, the miles rode... credit for it. And if anything, we should deduct those miles because you weren't actually riding your no, bike. No, I was riding it. it. And I was in pain. Wow, look at the excuses coming. All right, so basically down. I'm only like a mile behind you. That's all right. I can I can work with that. Yeah, I am just stunned by this. Well, nonetheless, so far I've ridden a lot further. So I'm not don't you dare say a we'll lot. We'll be we'll be riding for the next uh, 3 weeks in anticipation of the comedy showcase and on stage at the comedy showcase. <gasps> the loser will pay off. Oh, and you know what? It's actually being pointed out by uh, young Lucas in the chat. Thank you, Lucas, said Sarah. You should make a rule that you don't have to pay off any bets until Greg lets you talk to Eunice. No, that will be paid off, but there are things that have to go. I've said many times I'll pay that off. I will pay off that bet, but it will be when it can happen. I'm Which not, might be sooner than later. I'm not backing it out. I'm not backing out on that. Which might be sooner than later. No, it will not be sooner than later. I will pay it I already suffered my five minutes I of stand-up comedy. I will pay it off. Well, I'm not it doing happen. it. No, I don't know what kind of bet. I don't. I don't know if I want to place a bet for this thing. I don't want to do. I already did my embarrassing thing. I don't want to do anything embarrassing on stage again. Sarah. No. Fine. I'm just going to ride everywhere all day. Every well, that's day. fine. Ensure you win, and then you don't have to worry about it. What's the bet going to be? Well, we'll have to figure that out. We'll we'll save that. That's that's going to be something else we'll talk about in a later date. Mm. <laughs> you are so upset. I'm pissed. Why are you so mad? Because I don't like you beating me. I don't like the fact that I'm a mile and a half behind you. Well, you're so a it's mile just going to make me work that much harder. I'm just I'm glad because you do live further away than me, so it takes me about half the time to get to work as you do. Yeah. So I've had to work some extra miles in. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. It's a it's a challenge. The odometer odometer don't lie. Oh my god. Yep. There we go. Oh, that's probably coming from my computer. Okay. Gotcha. Um. Yeah. So about the. It's all right. So there's that. So we were talking about. Greg now believes that he is the pinnacle of fashion because of this one stupid article that I found online. Yes. Well, there was an article that you let me know about, and it had to do with the fact that, um, you know, of the... uh, Some fashion things that have come into style that I don't quite understand. Yes. So, Sarah, please explain why it is. Greg, I do have to tell you, for once... You know, a stopped, what is it? A stopped watch is uh, right once a day or whatever. Sure. Even a stopped watch is right once right, a day. Right, twice a day. Twice a day. There you go. Greg, it is now being noted by fashionistas everywhere that this is the summer of the ugly sandal. Well, let me just say, I've this been This is the summer of the uglier, the uglier the better. The sand, Those are the sandals that are popular. Well, let's just say that uh, inadvertently, I have been planning on this for a long, long time. Um, I've been waiting for this for the rest of the fashion world to take note. I am a sandal aficionado. I do have several different pairs of sandals. I believe in using my sandals more as a tool so that I uh, take them you know, into the river, even though they're not supposed to be. And I wear them everywhere, wear them down. And perhaps they get a little bit scraped up. You know, things along these lines. I let my uh, hairy toes show through on the sandals. And Sarah has made fun of me for this for so long. For your long. mandals? For your trips to Mandalay Bay you take yeah. during the summer? <laughs> Sarah has made fun of me forever about my sandals. And I'm just saying, it's very nice to finally get some recognition for the forethought that I had in this uh, fashion oh, world. Oh, Greg, I'm looking at this a little bit longer. I think this might be a fashion for women. No. Not for men. No, I don't believe so. I, I think, think this is an overall, everyone can enjoy sandals. No. All right. Well, here, let me read you the article. So it says, looking to put your trendiest foot forward this spring, the hottest thing going is hideously ugly sandals. The uglier, the better. So uh, so the ugly sandal revival started last summer. So apparently Birkenstocks are back in style now. I still have my Birkenstocks from when I was in high school. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. Um, Good Morning America just the other day featured a segment on the how fashionable it is to have ugly sandals. 
Seriously, so fashion blogs are flooded with ugly sandals. Um, so they're ranging from, so not only, you can buy just, a, apparently it's like any kind of ugly sandal, but of course, you know, the fancy um, designers and such are making their own ugly sandals and selling them for like $850 a pop. What? Do yeah. I have like sandals sitting at home that I could sell now? Nobody wants your your worn through mandals, Greg. No, I've got some great ones. I've got some brown ones. They, have some, they say even Tevas or Tevas, however you say that. I thought, I thought it was pronounced Tiva. I always thought it was Tiva, too, but I've heard people say, or I've heard, yes, people say Teva. Teva sounds pretentious. Yeah. It's Tiva. Tivas apparently are uh, going up the charts, skyrocketing up the charts, too. Well. So Portland, Oregon is just going to become the hippest city in the nation. Well, let's just say who's been leading the charge on that for a long time. So here's a few things with me. Allow me to give some fashion advice. Here, sir, oh because my God. obviously, since you know, '90s fashion is back. Um, I have never really changed what I do since the '90s, so I think that I am kind of an expert right now. Like my time is coming here. This is my time to shine as a fashion icon. Again, I think and, this is a women's blog. Well, I think it works out for both. Um, so here's here's some of my fashion advice, sir. I know that you probably are going to be looking to me as kind of an expert on this new trends and these kinds of things. I know a lot of people will be. Uh, number one. Whatever you wear when you're about 25 years old, never change. Never change what you're wearing when you're 25 years old. That style, stick with that style. Whatever it is, hold on to it. Now, you may see it go out of style. You may look like a little bit uh, uh, older before your time. You may look like you're not in touch with what the, the rest of the world is doing well, what when would it you recommend fashion. Does- but your time will come back around and you will be a hero for your fashion sense. See, now, everybody's going to be saying, oh, wow, Greg's been doing that all along. Greg's been wearing ugly sandals. Greg wears blue jeans with black shirts. Next thing coming, by the way. Blue jeans and black shirts. Wow, yeah, you're really groundbreaking uh, with that one. Groundbreaking. Uh, wallet chain, I believe those will be coming back at your some Your wallet point. chain isn't even a fashion thing. It's just because you can't hold on to your damn wallet. Well, yes, it's functional because I've lost my wallet so many times that I wear a chain on it now, so I don't lose it anymore. Um... But these are these are these are the recommendations. Now let me say this: when stocking caps became popular, guess who was wearing a stocking cap for years since they were a child before that, and then all of a sudden they became all cool and hip. I was already doing it. I I'm was sorry. Doing so it now before. you're laying claim to black t-shirts, blue jeans, and stocking caps. Yes, I remember. At this one is you. These are all the things that you invented. I remember at one point when we started this show, uh, we got a we got an email from someone. This is how I hold on to these things. An email from someone complaining about what a hipster I was with my stocking cap. I still say I've been wearing stocking caps forever because my head gets cold. So I wear them and it keeps my hair because down. my head gets cold. What yes, kind of excuse and is keeps that? Keeps my hair down, and I so I like stocking caps. And then all of a sudden, everybody else started wearing them, and then it became like this, oh, this hipster thing. I'm like, no, that's just what I wear. So now, I'm I, I'm making sure also that everybody knows I've been wearing ugly sandals, as you call them ugly, for years. I say fashionable sandals, and now it's finally coming into fruition. Uh, maybe there's somebody like following me around. All right, Greg, well, you're saying like dresses when you're 25. Like We have listeners that are younger than 25, so if they're, yes. mm-hmm. you know, if, say they're 18, how should they be dressing? They wouldn't know how to dress because they haven't experienced 25 yet. What advice, fashion guru Greg, Okay. what, what advice would you give to those under 25 who are still searching for that yeah. like, perfect look? Okay, well, well let, me say, uh, let me say this. I mean, I, I can only speak from my own experience, you know, and what I'm into. Uh, I can say, well, when I was that age, I also had a lot of piercings. When I was uh, when I was nineteen or twenty, I had a I had a whole bunch of ear. Oh, you piercings. had like an upper ear piercing. I had an didn't upper you? ear piercing. Yeah. <laughs> what? What's so wrong with the upper ear piercing? It was fashionable. Everything. No, I had an upper ear piercing. Yes, my right that ear. That was never upper... fashionable. That was maybe in Mammoth Independence. I, that was in college. That was at, at Oregon State. That's where I had that. Obviously, a bastion of fashion. I never knew any guys with upper ear piercings. Are you kidding me? Girls, just girls had that, like up, like the hoop on the top. (laughs) There were lots of guys that had it, and it was cool. I had the upper ear piercing on the right, and then I had the the lower one on the left. And then when I was going through, wait, you had one ear pierced on the top, and then one ear pierced on the bottom. On my bottom left, I had one, and the earlobe, and then on the upper right, I had uh, a hoop, and then I wore a lot of rings. A lot of rings. Uh, I wore bracelets and necklaces and <laughs> double wallet chains. <laughs> this is what I wore when I was uh, 19 or 20, and I was cool. I was cool at Oregon State. It worked out for me. I also... 
Rick is asking, uh, so Greg dresses like a roadie for Collective Soul? (laughs) (laughs) Kind of. That's kind of how it was. I I can't dispute that one. Collective Soul was very popular. They were very popular around then. I'm going to let it shine. Uh, Norm from Texas is in the live chat at funemploymentradio.com slash live. And he said, so Greg looked like a side villain from a Van Damme movie for most of the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can kind of see that as well. Um... Yeah, see, a di- my my buddy Dan said that it was pretty cool. My upper ear piercing, it was pretty cool. I had a little hoop on the upper ear piercing. So oh, that's what I wait. Wore. Who said? Who's saying this? My buddy Dan that I grew up with. Wait, where is your buddy Dan telling uh, he's you? He's in the live chat. He's saying that. He said it via via um, somebody else. But uh, yeah, see, he I'm said. Saying, wait, oh, so you haven't even heard it from him? You just heard somebody else saying that he said that your upper ear piercing wasn't that bad. Mm, you know, I think it was. <laughs> Everybody picture now Little Greg Swaying back and forth In his stocking cap With his right upper ear pierced And his lower left ear pierced I'll have you know The ladies found it Quite alluring And his black You're probably wearing A Metallica shirt Uh, I had Metallica No No I didn't have Metallica shirts No I have Megadeth shirts Oh okay Megadeth shirt With your pants Your ill-fitting pants Because that's Clearly a style That you've carried on From 25 Multiple wallet chains. I'm sure. Rings covering his little fingers. Lots of rings. So many rings. Too many rings, probably. Like, were any of them bejeweled? Uh, No, they were. (laughs) I had rings I would pick up when I would go to, like, Mexico or something like that, so they'd be silver with, like, black designs on them. I may or may not have had one with skull on it. I went to a lot of metal shows. I listened to a lot of metal. A lot of punk, too. Did you have thumb rings? Um, you did. I don't think I did. You no, were a thumb no, ring guy. No, I wanted to be a thumb ring guy, <laughs> but the problem is my thumb is just abnormally huge for my size. Like my uh, the the joint right there is gigantic, so I can't fit anything over it. it it's it's just weird. So your thumb's shaped. deformed. Is that what you're my, saying? My thumb. Yeah, I can't fit anything over my thumb. It just doesn't work. So I was not able to do the thumb ring. Oh, that must pinky have been very rings sad on the other you. hand. Oh yeah, I had the pinky rings. Oh yes. But I'm just saying, since uh, that that too may be coming in style. However, I toned no. it down a little bit. You know, when I got into my twenties, it went straight. <laughs> you got, do you start to take off the rings one by one, like oh, every year? Here's that passed? another. Here's another thing. Oh my god, that, that will probably be coming back into fashion. That uh, I, this young Greg Nibbler rocked wife beater with a silk shirt. Wife beater with a button up silk shirt. That Bam. will never, ever, no. I had a lot of silk shirts, a lot of button-up oh silk shirts. Oh, my God. Did they have flames on them? Uh, Swirls? Really, like the swirly design? There were design? patterns on them. Like the swirl design kind of thing? Uh, there might have been some of those. Yeah. Yeah, there might have been. Always with the wife beater. Unbuttoned usually the shirt during the summertime because you're showing off your body. You still do that sometimes. Yeah, with my wife beater? Yeah, wife I think... was the greatest thing ever. And No, Greg walks around. This is It's your summer outfit. That's yeah. This is why this is sounding familiar. That's what you do when it gets mm-hmm. sunny outside and Greg wants to be like a little a little more than casual and you know look a little more dressed up. He wears his, his shorts with his mandals uh-huh. and then a wife beater with like some flowy like light blue shirt. And that's like your yeah. summer outfit. But it's not silk anymore. I've changed from the silk. No, but it'll be like, yeah, maybe a flowy shirt. Maybe a little bit of a flowy shirt. <laughs> yeah, Edward's pointing out he was Rick. That was basically exactly what Rick was wearing when I met him <laughs> and had to help him because it was awful. Because, again, that looks good on nobody. <laughs> Mr. Jackie in the chat asking, does Greg have a tramp stamp? No, I do not have a tramp stamp. <laughs> I was very fashionable for my time. And let's uh, just say it worked out pretty well for me. Now, here's the other thing. Now, we've talked about shirts, what to wear. Uh, shorts, find buy several pairs of shorts find the one that you like the most and then just wear them every day wear that same pair of shorts even if they have a giant stain on the front of them well that's my gray ones okay I have two pairs of shorts that I like the most I have a tan one and a gray one the gray one does have it's unfortunate and this is my dad's fault but I have a gray pair of shorts and I was working on the house and uh, and I we were working on something and it was like paint or something and my dad thought it was funny to fling paint at me, and then it stained my shorts. But I refuse to not wear them. I will still wear them. Even wow, way like to stand by your convictions. Stain. That's like so yeah. impressive. Yeah, okay. I did not dye... M- well, wait, I did dye my hair a little bit. No, I dyed my goatee. Yeah, that's when I had a long goatee. I had a devil goatee oh for a God, while. I so would have not wanted I had to a be friends with you. That was probably It was probably three or four inches down. 
when I grew up. I know what kind of guy you were, and that would I would not have been friends with you. Why? Why wouldn't you be friends? Because with you're me? just like this little. Because you're, as you've gotten older, you've gotten wiser. But I can see the inner shithead in you. A lot, and like you at twenty ten years ago, you like taking you back ten years ago to rings and piercings and ten years. That wasn't ten years ago. This was fifteen years ago. Okay, so fifteen years ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I went to school with guys like you. Like just the the guys who always kind of smelled weird. I didn't smell weird. <laughs> I smelled fine. I went through an experimental phase where I didn't understand because I I don't like cologne, and so I tried to do whatever. I I followed advice, poor advice. There was this one hippie chick that I thought was kind of hot, and then she told me I should wear patchouli, and I didn't know what patchouli oh, yeah. was. So I actually went out and got it. I'm like, oh, all right, well, the hot hippie chick says I should wear patchouli, and I got it and I put it on. I'm like, oh my god, this stinks. This is awful. And so I ended up uh, not not doing that. Um, yeah, people are pointing out you should never. That was gross. Never I didn't. Die. I didn't know what patchouli oil was, and I, that was my one lesson in that. And I never did that again. No. So, so what colors did you dye your your beard? Uh, well, I would try to. Was it more of a long it, soul it patch? It was hard. No, it wasn't a long soul patch. It was a full on. Be- I can grow a good goatee. <laughs> to be put out, Greg would have totally used Axe body spray back then. <laughs> well, it wasn't around, so I didn't. <laughs> So I did not use Axe Body Spray. No, I realized uh, I I can't wear perfumes or like colognes and all that stuff because it just it, it I'm allergic to it. So I just start like my eyes start watering. So it's funny being around Greg uh, when somebody has too much perfume or cologne on. Yeah, because he starts immediately like sneezing. Yeah. Like it's an instant reaction. It's kind of hilarious since it's yeah. not happening to you. Yeah, it'll uh, yeah my eyes will like swell up. I'll get all red and then yeah my nose will start running and I'll start mm. sneezing and. Yeah, I don't like, I can't be around like heavy perfume. Light perfume, I can handle that. Heavy perfume, like old lady style, or like uh, girls who decide to dump an entire bottle of perfume on them and then go out. Yeah, I can't be around that. It just doesn't work for me. <laughs> doesn't work. Um, so, so anyway, back to my fashion advice. My fashion advice. I'm just saying right now, what's going to be in soon since I just... Right now, Greg is wearing... Let me just... Let's go through Greg the fashionista one by one. So right now, Greg is wearing a t-shirt that I know he got for free <laughs> from a Batman screener that we went to. Yeah, Which is kind you. of an awesome shirt. I, didn't I, who gave that to you? Uh, well, Aaron Duran. I, we, we went with Aaron Duran to the uh, Dark Knight screener. It wasn't even a screener. It was like a tease, like a 10-minute yes. tease thing. And they gave out the free shirts. This was the uh, Bane shirt. So it's got like a teeth on it or like kind of a Bane masky thing mm, and it says, says end. end yeah so I'm wearing Batman so this is cool. Greg's fashion so there's a Batman shirt so that's cool. he's wearing uh, what here stand up for a second what kind of shorts are those well, these are my tan shorts he's wearing his tan shorts yeah alright uh, he's also wearing these are Vans shorts actually you can't buy these anymore he is also wearing a tip for you fashionistas out there Greg is also wearing mismatched ankle socks uh Oh, yeah, they are kind of mismatched, aren't they? Well, Mismatched yeah. ankle socks are the key to fashion success, everybody. It's warm weather here. I don't have my summer socks out yet. Normally, I wear my wool socks, but it's, since it's summery out, I can't wear wool socks with this. So I have, uh, I have my... my uh, they're, they're not ankle socks. They're just short, shot, short socks. Are these ankle socks? Those are ankle socks, Greg. Are, ankle do they socks. stop around your ankles? I'm not wearing sandals right now, by the way. I don't have my sandals on because I rode my bike. So I, I don't like to do that with my bike. I don't like to ride with sandals. So, uh, yeah, I don't have a hat on. I'm not wearing a hat right now. Um, people are posting pictures of me from... Uh, <laughs> that was from uh, freshman year of college. Wow, you look there. like a shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you look like you're up to no good. I probably was. <laughs> probably was. <laughs> Looking for ladies. Um, oh my god, that's glorious! If you you can listen to uh, if you I, I did the the thing called uh, Backfence PDX. You can find that story and listen to that. That'll explain that look right there. Mm-hmm. That'll explain what everything <laughs> everything about me in that picture will be explained in that story. <laughs> so I, I was you can you can go back and find that Backfence PDX Greg Nibbler. Um, yeah. So so I'm all just right. Well, thanks for the fashion tips, and it all started with your mandals. Who yeah, knew? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking at this. So that's actually been featured. I swear to God, this is such a big fashiony thing that it's been featured in Vogue. Is like the look of the summer, and all these people are like bedazzling sandals and making I, them as ugly as possible. Well, I'm not going to bedazzle sandals. They're doing it wrong. I should be doing interviews on this stuff. I really need to be need to be doing some interviews. Um, well, because you are. Asked what size of shoes? I wear an eleven and a half. I have I have big feet for my size. <laughs> I wear an eleven a size eleven and a half shoe. Big feet for your size. Big feet for my size. 
<laughs> oh, but what I was going to say is this is also part of like a broader fashion-y thing. So I'm just going to tell you this because I know you probably haven't heard of this. But it's this new, it's like a big trend that's happening right now. And I shit you not, it's called Normcore. Oh, you know, I've heard of this. What is exactly Normcore? Where you try to absolutely not stand out from anybody else and blend in as much as possible. Basically, it's like how... So it's uh, like business casual or something? Kind of. It's like if, if you could... Uh, it's like how Jerry Seinfeld dressed on Seinfeld. Like nondescript, oh, right. like no no real labels, like just kind of like nondescript colors, no real extreme designs. Oh wait, that's kind of it's boring as fuck. I mean, so I that's wear the black thing. Shirts and I wear a lot of blue. You're normcore. Ew, I don't wow, want to be You are that. like the you are like top of the charts fashionable right now. Wow, I don't, I don't really know what it's like to be a fashion icon, other than of course when I was nineteen or twenty. But um, huh? Okay. So there you go. So if someone asks you about your look, you'd be like, I'm normcore. I'm, no, I don't want to. No, I will never call myself mm-hmm. that. I will never call myself that because I just I, this is how this is how I dress. This is just what it is. Uh, Killian's noting in the chat that uh, I dress like that because I'm poor. Yeah. Also, I don't go shopping because I yeah I don't have money to spend on clothes, mm. but, which is fine because I'm fashionable without having to spend the extra money. Well, see, look, and now you don't even have to spend the extra money because you're all, by default you're fashionable. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> so it enjoy your great. default fashion right now. It feels great. The problem is though, it's going to be very fleeting. Now everybody's going to say, "Oh yeah, he changed how he dresses just to fit the fashion." It did not. I'm totally starting that rumor. I did not. I am. I'm going to be like Greg. Totally went normcore, you guys. Oh my god, do not start that rumor. I am who I am. Greg went normcore. Do you see his sandals? God, he has the ugliest sandals of them all. He is so normcore. You're just jealous, jealous of my fashion status. <laughs> normcore nibs. That's awesome, Aaron. <laughs> normcore nibbler. <laughs> all right, not true. Well, anyway, uh, should we do a little bit of uh, a little bit of ball talk? I've got just a bit. Sure. Just to. Uh, it's uh, not a whole lot. There's not a whole lot going on, but I did want to play just a couple of things. Okay. Um, uh oh. If I can. All right, I'm Greg Nibbler. Let's talk balls. <laughs> Normcore Nibbler. So, first up in ball talk. Let's discuss the fallout from the Donald Sterling ruling. Now, by now, I'm sure everybody's heard about Donald Sterling, the owner of the Los Angeles Clippers, who has been banned for life from the NBA. He is still technically the owner. He's just not allowed to really do anything in the day-to-day operations. He can't really be there. He can't be on uh, any kind of NBA facility, any game, anything like that. He is banned from the NBA for life. Um, The Los Angeles Clippers played their first game after that ruling last night. And there have been talks, so it came out with this. So Adam Silver, commissioner of the NBA, you know, made the made the proclamation yesterday at about probably 11 a.m. Pacific time that uh, of what happened. I guess the NBA players were planning on boycotting the games. Oh, really? Uh, had that had the ruling not been tough enough to their to what they wanted, mm-hmm. that uh, it, and not just the Clippers. But like every team, so there were three all, the entire games NBA. Yeah, all three games were going to be boycotted by the players unless the ruling was was strong. The players are very happy with the ruling. Now the owners have to meet, and they have a, if they vote three quarters, three quarters of them vote for it. They can force Donald Sterling to sell the team, okay, per their NBA guidelines that they all sign. So that's the next thing. You got to wait for the owners to have their vote. Probably that's going to pass, and he is going to be forced. When to is sell that going to happen? Do they? Know? I don't know. You know, and that's that's one thing. At least I haven't seen when that is going to be announced. So I'm not entirely sure when that will happen, uh, but that is part of it. I will. One other thing I want to say, and it's just driving me insane. And I brought it up a little bit yesterday. All these people that keep talking about free speech and saying that his rights are being violated. Donald Sterling's rights are not being violated, at least not in accordance with free speech. He is free to say whatever he wants. Free speech means you can't get arrested for whatever you're saying. He's not arrested. No, he hasn't done anything illegal in that way. However, he is part of a business association. This business association does not want to be associated with him anymore, and that's entirely within their rights to do that. It's just like any job that you have. If you work for anyone and you start going off on racist tirades, I'm going to guess they're not going to want to work with you anymore. And, you know, in my opinion, nor should they. So that's entirely... No, it's everybody's choice. He has the choice to say bigoted asshole things, and other people have the choice to not want to work with him. Absolutely. And And there you go. And and that's free speech, and that that is the definition of free speech. That is free speech. He is not going to be arrested for what he said. He's just, you know, a bigoted asshole. And the NBA said, no, that's gross, and you're bad for business. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So there we go. That's my little tirade about that. I know this isn't people that listen to this show that are talking about that. I know it's not our audience probably for the most part. It's just... I just keep seeing all these comments. It's driving me insane. Mm. Um, all right. Moving on to ball I talk. love it, especially when they are like joking comments. like, oh, sport ball. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, making fun of it and like reverence it. It's like, at least look up what you're talking about before you make some blanket statement about it. Yeah. There's, there's just a lot of things. All right. Moving on to ball talk. <laughs> um, let's see. I'm going... Well, I'm not going to be able to play the audio that I wanted to put. Uh, so... I'll play a little bit of that tomorrow. But uh, the NBA playoffs do continue today. And uh, the Portland Trailblazers will be taking on the Houston Rockets in Game 5 of their series. The Blazers currently up 3-1 to one in the best of seven series. Mm-hmm. Which means if they win tonight, they move on to the second round for the first time in, the 14, in 14 years. However, I'm going to say this for Blazers fans. Do not expect the Houston Rockets to roll over. No. They're playing for pride. They had huge aspirations. And everybody kind of expected them to move on. Um, from the first round, they didn't think the Blazers would be much of a challenge. Houston Rockets have title aspirations. Um, so they're playing for pride, if nothing else, tonight in mm. Houston. And expect it to be a battle. I would not be surprised if there's a couple little scuffles. Let me tell you how big of a deal this is. We were hanging out with Rick Emerson earlier before the show. He's even interested in, in the basketball games that are going on right now. <laughs> yeah, if you, know, uh, if you know Rick Emerson, that's saying a lot. Of that Rick is saying Emerson a is, lot. Is paying attention to what's going on in basketball. Um, so, so what do you think? You think we're going to get a game six? Uh, well, I'm not going to make... I will not make guesses. All right, on, don't make Blazer predictions. I right. won't make Blazer predictions because people associate me with having some kind of power over a team. I do not have power. But doesn't I'm that make you feel... Say, actually, by dint of you saying that you don't have power, but you are clearly not saying it because you're saying people have given you power, you do have power. Well, I'm not <laughs> going to say anything about this game. I'm just going to say don't expect Houston to roll over. Yeah. Houston is not going to just lay down and let the Blazers just move on. So it's going to be a good game tonight. Uh, one other thing. Okay, here was the audio I wanted to play. So the Blazers are... Houston's having their problems, you know, with the Blazers and all that stuff. But a team that is really having problems is the Indiana Pacers. The Indiana Pacers are the number one team in the Eastern Conference. So they came into the playoffs with the number one seed. Pretty much foregone conclusion, everybody thought they'd be playing in the Eastern Conference Finals against Miami. Mm-hmm. However, Indiana is playing a number eight seed, which is the lowest seed possible, Atlanta, who didn't even have a winning record getting into the playoffs. Just by default of the Eastern Conference being so bad, they got in. They were the eighth best team, even though they suck. Mm -hmm. In theory. However, they now lead the Indiana Pacers three to two in their playoff series. Wow. Indiana has had a complete collapse. I don't think there's any other way to describe it. Uh, So much so that uh, during the game uh, yesterday, I think this was, when, um, I believe it was yesterday, when the Clippers... Or when they, excuse me, when the Pacers were losing to Atlanta by twenty points, this was the broadcast. And I just want to play part of this because you can hear one of the fans towards the end. Now just looking for a quality shot. The fan got caught on the microphone voicing his opinion of Paul George of the Indiana Pacers. Seven on the timer. George makes his move. Traveling the call on Paul George. That is turnover number six for Indiana. Hawks are shooting 66% overall. 21-point lead. <laughs> Picked up on the microphone, a fan voicing his opinion of Paul George's play. Paul George's play of the Indiana Pacers. That's got to well, be frustrating for that or for that fan base. Oh, I'm sure. That's got to be very frustrating. But anyway, there we go. That is what's going on. Well, there are three Game 7s in the NHL tonight. Yeah, NHL has some big things. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, NHL playoffs. Um, they're actually a lot of fun to watch, too. I've been focused on watching basketball, but NHL playoffs are a lot of fun. Mm. It's serious business. Those are fan bases that will fight. Uh, the New, uh, oh, New yeah, York Rangers. Oh, yeah, players be scrappy. Yeah, well, it, it, the fans, too. New York Rangers and Philadelphia Flyers uh, fans last night got into a brawl in the stands. Like a big old one. Oh, wow. Big old brawl. So, anyway, there we go. I'll just leave it at that because I know we need to get to a little bit of World of Crazy uh, or... We'll probably just... I think that she might be here. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll go with that. Um, so, uh, anyway, NBA playoffs. Big game tonight with the Portland Trailblazers. Big games tonight all over the league. Ooh, so exciting. That concludes this edition of Ball Talk. All right. Yeah, I think I I think I heard a knock, so... Oh, okay. All yeah. right. Uh, should we go ahead and take a mm-hmm. break then? And uh, we'll we'll take just a quick break here on Front Employment Radio if you're listening live. And we'll be back in a minute with Shannon Huffman Polson, author of North of Hope, right here on Front Employment Radio. Talk up. 
You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network. Hey everybody, uh, Sklar Brothers here, Randy and Jason, and we are in Portland, Oregon, inside of Apollo Books. Uh, you can't not be inside of Apollo Books in Portland, Oregon. Here's one thing I love about Portland, Oregon, funemploymentradio.com. They are great, they are funny, they've got their finger on the pulse. They are the sunshine that shines through even when it's raining. Funemploymentradio.com. If you're not listening to it, there's something wrong with you. Get out of your own Powell Books and listen to them. The Sklar Brothers oh, right there. I've, God bless them. We haven't talked to the Sklar Brothers in a long time. I know. I miss them. Do you think yes. they miss us? I, I think they I think, think about, they think us, about us, us all the time. All day. Every I'm sure day. that's what happens. <laughs> yes. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Fun Employment Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And as promised, we are now joined. So should I say all three names? Sure. Shannon <laughs> Huffman Polson, author of North of Hope. So that is a, that's actually impressive. I know I kind of want to get three names to use. You do. Yeah. Maybe you can just use your middle name. Yeah. Okay. yeah it's not as cool, though. <laughs> it's not as well, cool thank as you. This. Well, we've been behind the scenes. We've been just babbling for about 10 minutes and chatting about. And uh, So how are you enjoying Portland so far? It's awesome. I had a great lunch at some hole in the wall Thai restaurant, and everybody was way hipper than I was, and oh. the food was awesome. And yeah, it's beautiful. Sunny I know. Mount Hood's out. Oh yeah, you can see it. It is true. It is a rare, nice weather in Portland right now. It's kind of uh, it's unnerving, but mm. I like it. I, I enjoy. And it. everyone's and then, already complaining about it. Yeah, because exactly. that's what happens. We get one nice day, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's so hot!" And then tomorrow it'll be raining. We'll be like, oh, "Why isn't it hot anymore?" That is a staple. <laughs> well, and you live up in Seattle, so it's pretty much the same weather. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> complain about <laughs> it no matter what. That's yeah, <laughs> kind of a, North, a Northwest staple. <laughs> um, so, so let's talk uh, about your book. And I figured maybe the best way to go about this is have you describe uh, your book to to everyone. Sure. Thank you. I figured you'd be the expert on that. <laughs> well, <laughs> since, so, since you it, was, it was a reach. It was a reach. It's been a while. I don't know. It's a reach. <laughs> uh, so North of Hope is a memoir and it is a memoir the, the very short version is a memoir of adventure and hope and it is a, a story of a trip that I took along the Hula Hula River which is in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge in the far northeastern corner of Alaska that followed the trip that my father and stepmother had taken the year before when they were killed by a grizzly bear oh. and it weaves those two trips together along with memories of growing up with my dad in Alaska and uh, memories of the year between the two trips. Um, so, so that's the essence of and it. And there's kind yeah. of a correlation to Portland, too, because didn't you, you found out when you were here in yeah, town, right? Yeah, it all sort of, I mean, the sto- story starts really not in the book, but the story itself starts in Portland when I got the phone call um, that they had been killed. And I was walking in the Portland city market with my brother and his wife, who both live out in Banks. And um, so, yeah, so it starts, the story really starts in Portland, which is why it's so special to come down here and share with you guys today. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, what what made you want to go on that same path? Like go up there to Alaska, to the middle of nowhere, and go on that same same journey they did. So I grew up in Alaska, and I mm. think okay. um, that's probably a big a big piece of the equation, like context that's pretty important. Um, and so, in a way, like for me, I could not have not gone. And yeah. I think that, um, but I understand a lot of people. When I was writing that, I would take this to workshops, and people would say, "Well, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Like nobody would actually do that." I'm like, "Well, why couldn't not do it?" So mm-hmm. I think part of that is just having a different context from, from yeah. growing up up there. So yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, it is a little bit of a different uh, different different mentality about everything, kind of in, in Alaska. And I I love Alaska. One of my best. Alaska is one of Greg's favorite places yeah. on the planet. I love visiting yeah. Alaska. Yeah. yeah, I've never gone up to that section of the country where you are. Because I mean, that's so remote. It's so remote, so remote where it that definitely is. is. Yeah, and it was really important to me because I'd never, although I'd grown up in Alaska, I'd never been to the Arctic. It's pretty difficult to get there. It's so, yeah. as you bring up, so remote. Um, and it was really important to me to see the place that they had loved so much and mm-hmm. to be able to visit the place where they had died and ultimately to finish their trip. So, um, so That's yeah. incredible. That's wow. incredible that you, uh, just to have the fortitude to even write something like this. Um, that's, I mean, it just sounds so extremely personal. That That's amazing that you were able to do this. Um, yeah. Since you since you wrote it, I mean, what's it? Have you written other books? Is this your first? I'm book? I'm working or? on the second book now. This okay. is my first book. Yeah. Okay, so this is yeah. your first book. Yeah. Which congratulations, awesome. just getting a book published. That's amazing. Yeah, that's, that's quite the feat. <laughs> it's I a mean, journey. <laughs> it's another journey. That's right. <laughs> Many journeys. <laughs> Many journeys. Well, and I'm I'm curious with this, just you know, out here promoting your first book. What has this been like? So are you just going like town to town? Yeah, you have I've like a publicist that. that schedules. Yeah, where it's you go? sort of crazy because if you're not kind of a, a big name person with a big name book, you you do most of this yourself and. Uh-huh. Um, and I have had 
had a little bit of help the last few months um, with somebody that um, that you guys know that's based in the Northwest. But for the most part, it's been been mostly the work that I do myself. So I think there's a lot of artists in lots of different genres, musicians who do the same sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but bas- the other complicating factor for North of Hope was that it came out. It was published three months after my second son was born, and so I had you know two very small children, and um, and so mostly did the work in Washington. One quick trip to Montana, up to Alaska, and then I've done some conferences and some corporate speaking in New York and New Hampshire. Um, and most recently Michigan. Um, so this is really the, the first trip down to Oregon in part just because I kept it fairly local because uh, because I had two little boys. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that makes but it's, sense. It's, it's a crazy journey. I mean, any artist will tell you that, I'm sure. So, yeah. yeah. What is this? So you're working on a second book. Do you, do you talk yeah. about what you're writing about? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. It's basically, it's going to be loosely based on, well, well very strongly based, but um, not quite as memoir-centric, but based on my experience in the military. And in my 20s after college, I was in the military for eight years. So, um, so I'm exploring different themes around and, um, being one of the w- first women to fly attack helicopters in the wow. Army. I was going to say our friend yeah. uh, Mike Phillips. He actually brought that up when he when he yeah. sent us an email. I'm like, holy crap! You were uh, you were one of the first female Apache helicopter pilots, right? Yeah. That is wow. insane. <laughs> so the next book will explore that, and I hope to pitch it sometime next year. So we'll see. That'll be then a couple years hence. So stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> well, so is flying something yeah. that you were always interested in, or is that something you just kind of got into when you were in the military? Yeah, I always wanted to do it. I grew up in Alaska again, where like this the the small plane population is pretty dense and so yeah. I always had this interest in aviation I think every Alaskan sees the value of it and, mm-hmm. and kind of the, the glamour um, also the risk and so when I was uh, in ROTC in college back in North Carolina I um, thought that would be the coolest way to pay off my obligation and it definitely was so wow yeah. wow for eight years then it's eight years yeah once you sign up and you go to flight school your commitment is six years after the end of okay. flight school at least it was back when I did that mm-hmm. I assume it's similar today yeah so oh. it's a pretty long commitment wow well and yeah. I mean it seems like you've you've done so many amazing things. Like, and and I'm taking a look at the book right now. Just in the side of it, it Greg was really excited happens, about some of the things you yeah, climbed. Yeah, just happens <laughs> to mention. Yeah, you've you've climbed Kilimanjaro. No big deal. Yeah, just. no big deal with that. <laughs> How did that go about? Do you have like an avid interest in mountain climbing? I mean, you must. Gosh, you have so this. many interesting things. You'll have to just like take one thing and you can write another book about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it all sort of factors in, right? I mean, I think when you grow up in Alaska too, you grow up kind of on the edge of of the culture that you know when you live in the city and um, and there are a lot of of restrictions because of that, but there's also a lot of cool opportunities mm-hmm. that seem really unusual, especially when you live um, now living where I do and, and being 20 years hence. But yeah, I had a chance when I was 19 to climb Denali, and that was pretty awesome and, and the most difficult thing today still that I've ever done, physically at least. Um, and Kilimanjaro just And you've given from- birth. I don't want to go anywhere near that mountain. That sounds, that sounds but hard. I love mountains. Yeah. yeah, mountains and wilderness are super. Yeah, they're super key to my life. So, yeah, yeah. Have you ever hiked up on Mount Hood before? I have hiked around Mount Hood, mm. um, climbed Mount Rainier, but um, but I have not been up on Mount Hood to climb it yet. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, once the boys are a little bit older, we'll we'll you can take them up. My husband yeah. has. So. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> compared local. to Denali and Kilimanjaro, though, I don't know if it's <laughs> going to be a breeze. Going to add up. Yeah, not that I could do it. I'm older now. <laughs> older and less. The goals <laughs> The goals definitely change for sure. Well, this is uh, this is awesome. I mean, seriously, congratulations on getting this. Get, you know, writing this and, and, and going through all of this. And so you're yeah. speaking tonight. So when uh, so if someone comes, so she was going to be at base camp, which was 930 Southeast Oak, yes. and that'll be at 7 p.m. tonight. Right, exactly. And so what and happens uh, What happens when you're there? Are you going to talk about the book? or? Yeah, so I'll, I'll talk about the book. My friend Ramuni, who plays with Rocket 3, has um, composed a song that was inspired by North of Hope, and she is hopefully going to sing it. At least we have her video of it, um, so that'll wow. be pretty cool. And then I'll talk a little bit about the book, and I have some slides from the Arctic and from that trip on the Hulu the river, and I'll read a couple of passages from North of Hope as well. Um, it's it's sort of in a, in a lot of ways, it's a very similar to how I launched it at Elliott Bay back in um, about a year ago. So it's a pretty kind of a cool way to kind of finish up that year of, of the first year of life of North of Hope. So wow, oh that's great, that's so awesome. Well, so come, come and meet Shannon tonight. She is yeah. just utterly charming and very inspirational. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and hip. And hip. Yes. She's hip with the kids, you guys. <laughs> just for Portland. Just, just <laughs> See, that is what I like about Portland. Everyone thinks they're cool, but then everyone has the opportunity to kind of be cool in a way in Portland. Yeah. Even Greg. Yeah. Kind not of. really. Yeah, no, not really. Greg but. was excited because we were talking earlier that, do you know what uh, ugly sandals are in fashion? Really? It's like the new, I swear to God, it's the new craze. Like the uglier the sandals, the more in fashion that you're supposed to be. And Greg is like the toppermost of the poppermost with that. Well, I happen to like sandals and it says Sarah has told me for many years they're extremely ugly. So now I figure, 
Now I'm a fashion icon. Well, the most just comfortable by default. ones are always ugly, right? Exactly. So that's awesome. I exactly. love to hear that. I know. I'm so excited. I'm like, I'm going to put on my Tevas and wear them with pride. <laughs> Spectacular. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Shannon. Thank uh, you guys very much. And uh, where can people find yes, out more info. information? Yeah. So my website is www.aborderlife.com. Um, North of Hope is available anywhere books are sold. Definitely buy it at your local bookstore if you can. And mm. uh, if not, you can get it online pretty much anywhere books are sold as well. But, um, but my website's the best place for for kind of following up on things. So, so aborderlife.com. Yeah, I'm at Twitter at uh, Aborderlife as well. All right. Awesome. I shall follow you on the Twitter. Yep, we shall right. be following Excellent. immediately. <laughs> awesome. Well, Shannon, Great. thank you so much. Yeah. And uh, and have fun tonight. Yeah, base camp. Yep, once again, yeah. base camp, 7 p.m. tonight. That is at 930 Southeast Oak. Books and beer. Books and beer. Can't go wrong with that. Oh, okay, the two Bs. Come on. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. And we'll be back in a minute with more mm. Fun Employment Radio. Thanks, guys. You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network. All right, there we go. And uh, Shannon was fantastic. Oh, wow. What a sweet and inspiring woman. Well, and that was the one thing The one thing I didn't bring up, and I probably should have, is that I always find it amazing when somebody does go through like a tragedy that she went through mm-hmm. and is able to turn that... You, know, you can't Into change what positive. happened. Yeah. You can go two directions with that. You can either go completely downhill and let that completely destroy your life, which you can't blame people when that does happen, but... She took the opposite road of okay, deal with this. How am I gonna? How am I gonna handle this? How am I gonna get over this? What do I have to do for it? And went off on this thing. What do I have to do thing. to make this okay for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How each person's different, and she figured out how to do that, and now has this book out of it. It's it's very inspiring. Yeah, it's it's very very cool. Mm-hmm. So and uh, just what a, an amazing woman. So if you're looking, you know, and base camp's a cool place too. So if you if you're looking for something cool to do tonight, go check it out. Seven p.m. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Go go check her out, and uh, or just pick up the book uh, online. I am too. so excited to start reading this book. Me too. Me too. Oh, genuinely yeah. excited to read this. Absolutely. This is this kind of book reminds me of the thing. Like as soon as I read, you know, as soon as I was talking to her, and then like you know, learning more about the story, I'm like, this is a movie. This is yeah. This is a movie. I could see that. I mean, seriously, like how brave is she to like be able to do that kind of stuff? that? That's that's the stuff movies are made of. Well, and then it's an yeah. inspiring true story. And being an Apache helicopter pilot, yeah. And, uh, Climbing Kilimanjaro and yeah, that, that's a that's a whole bunch of movies right there. That's a that's a whole lot of living. That that is mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, big thank you to our friend Mike Phillips too yes. for, for sending her over. Mike, that you're was awesome. awesome. Hi guys, I have a brief world of crazy for you. You ready? Hello, my friends. I'm gonna take a sip of my coffee. My name is Sarah X. Dillon. Don't do that. Welcome to my world of crazy. Crazy! First up, to Cedar Rapids, Iowa, we head. The story begins with this. A morbidly obese woman in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, is facing the biggest battle of her life, losing 200 pounds in a hurry. So, Charity Pierce. We've talked about Charity before. Now, this was the woman who used to brag about how she was the fattest woman. In, oh, in the, how yeah. she wanted to be the fattest she woman She wanted ever. to. She had, like, her feeder boyfriend. Yes. And she wanted to be the fattest person. Right. She was bragging about that. So she was bragging about it. So now Charity Pierce doesn't want to be the fattest woman in the in the United States anymore and is trying to lose enough weight to qualify for gastric bypass surgery. So she <laughs> believes surgery is the only way she'll be healthy enough to marry her 21-year-old feeder boyfriend, Tony Sauer. Tony Sauer. What has gone wrong? Okay, I'm. What has gone wrong in Tony Sauer's life that he's 21 years old and is a feeder to a 38 year old 700 pound woman? I don't know. What that's the happened only thing to you, Tony? That some, what happened? That might be a story in its own right. Not not too good of a one, but uh, yeah. What happened to and Tony? And how does this she? Is, this is the pinnacle. This is the greatest thing Tony's ever achieved. He's proposed to her is like, to be the feeder he, of a woman, claim wanting to be the world's fattest woman, intending like that's her goal. That was her His crowning goal achievement. Is to help her. He's the assistant coach for the, uh, for the for the world's largest. Oh wow! Yeah, that's uh, oh. so. Uh, in an interview with Charity Pierce, she says, "I'm determined to not get married at home. I want to be able to walk up the aisle." Now, she said, "We both love country music, so I plan to wear a wedding dress, cowboy boots, and a cowgirl hat. And Tony will be dressed in jeans and cowboy boots." This is very ambitious for um, for her lofty goals. So now, Tony Sauer. A good 21-year-old Tony Sauer who is marrying 750-pound Charity Pierce, 38 years old. Is Tony Sauer spelled like Sauer? S-S-A-U-E-R. Okay. Now, Tony Sauer isn't just Charity Pierce's lover and confidant. His brother... Oh, my God. Wait. I'm just reading this for... What? 
Okay, Sauer isn't just Pierce's lover and confidant. His brother, Jimmy, had a previous relationship oh. with Charity Pierce that produced her 18-year-old daughter, Charlie. Oh! Wait, what? she has a daughter that's three years younger than her feeder boyfriend who she's going to marry. This is getting very complicated. So she had a baby with her his with Tony Sauer's brother Jimmy, and they had a daughter named Charlie. Charlie is eighteen, and Tony, who she's marrying, is twenty one. And Tony is Jimmy's brother. Tony is Jimmy's brother. So Jimmy had a previous relationship with Charity. <sighs> there are so many. And now things. Charity is Charity's feeder slash lover. Is only three years older than her daughter that she had with his brother. What kind of power does this I woman have? I don't know. It's a magic vagina. I don't know. No. He probably can't even get to no. that. No. Yeah. Let's just be honest. Um, I, I'm confused and a little bit in awe. Wow. Now I really want to know what went on in Tony's life. Okay, so she goes on to talk about... I, I cannot believe I missed it. I just saw like feed her. I'm like, oh, oh it's a charity. It's a charity Pierce update. All right, so Charity Pierce continues. After Charlie was born, I didn't often see Jimmy, so we weren't ever a couple, she said, even though she bore his child. When I met Tony, he seemed very mature for his age, and we just got on. (laughs) Now, in the early days of their courtship, Charity Pierce said that she and her boyfriend, Tony Sauer, we're having sex up to four times a now, day. wait a minute. How early of days? Because the dude's 21 years right, if old. If he's 21 and she said, oh, okay, I'm so confused. I mean, it can't be any longer than three years ago or we're talking about some uh, perhaps legal rem. Although, wait a minute. Where is this at? Where well, is it's this? in Iowa. Okay, I wonder what Iowa's uh, consent All right, so she is. said, okay, so she said she didn't see Jimmy, so they weren't ever a couple after Charlie was born. So Charlie was born 18 years ago, which means that you know that Tony was born 21 years ago, which would have made Tony three when his 18 year, when her uh, when her daughter was born. Okay. Wait, what? So Tony would have been three. Jimmy's brother, Jimmy's brother Tony, who's now her lover slash feeder, would have been three when her daughter was born with his brother. Yeah. And so she says. After Charlie was born, I didn't often see Jimmy, so we weren't ever a couple. When I met Tony, he seemed very mature for his age, and we just got on. But, I mean, she would have met Tony when he was three. Well, not necessarily. She may not have... Maybe Jimmy and and sh- and her were not... They were estranged. Around. They were estranged. And then she randomly met Tony. And then she realized that she was going for the wrong brother? Which, by the way, 16, uh, 16 years old is legal in Iowa, apparently. Okay, so she only had to wait, like... 13 years. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm confused. All right. Well, in the early days of their courtship, (laughs) I'll I'll go back to this one. Uh, Charity Pierce told, uh, says that she and her boyfriend are having sex up to four times a day. She had since, uh, she has since developed lymphedema, a condition that causes extreme swelling in her legs and hips, and that is cut into her sex life. You know, not like the 700 pounds of fat on her body. It's just the lymphedemia. Right. Lymphedema. Well, that's not her fault. Charity Pierce there's says nothing that she's done. The lymphedema makes me feel like a whole other person. That's because you are like four people squished together. Um, on it, purpose, mind on you. On purpose. Not someone who has a legitimate issue. This is on purpose. She gave herself lymphedema. Oh, there she is. There's the there's the passionate couple. Yeah, I did find a picture of here. For those at home who are not in the live right, chat. Greg, and see, all the questions how, have been answered after looking at that image. And want to figure out how to look it up. Look up Tony Sauer Feeder Charity. And then uh, Google image search search that you'll you'll find it. You'll find multiple pictures of, of Tony. Yeah. Well, uh, so she says it's not you know the seven hundred pounds of extra weight on her. Mm-hmm. It's the lymphedema mm-hmm. that helps her. It makes her feel like a whole other person. It feels like cinder blocks hanging off me all the time. She's now, Tony, complaining about the fact she intentionally gained weight. She intentionally gained weight to be the fattest person, and now she wants to lose weight. Because she wants to walk down the aisle in her cowgirl hat. I'm just, I'm, I'm sick of this woman. <laughs> Rick is saying, wow, they look exactly fucking like I thought they would. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <gasps> all right, so uh, we continue. So it feels like cinder blocks hanging off you all the time. Uh, so Tony Sauer said that Charity Pierce's size is not an issue for him. I would assume not. But he is worried that she could die. Yeah. Yeah. Although... Charity Pierce claims to have reduced her. I say claims because it says that she reduced her calorie uh, her calorie intake from ten thousand calories a day to twelve hundred. Suck my balls! Like she's go- eating twelve hundred calories a day. Yeah, she wouldn't like she would implode. 
10,000 calories she a day? Was, uh, she was, remember, I remember she was trying to get like 10, 20,000 calories a day. Yeah. She was eating 10,000 you know calories what? a day. At that point, you know what happens to goldfish when they overeat? They die. I'm sorry. She is like a human goldfish. <laughs> if she doesn't have the thought to stop force feeding herself, uh, you know what? Yeah, Darwin. All right, so yeah, she says she reduced her calories. She's only and but claims she's only lost twenty two pounds in the last six months, which that is bullshit. If she's eating twelve hundred calories a day, I don't know. Yeah, but if you're not moving, you just you burn calories not moving. You burn like eighty calories uh, and like an hour just by living. Well, uh, yeah, but how much weight did she lose? Twenty. She said she lost twenty two pounds in six months. Yeah, well, that's so still a lot lose- of weight. That's a lot of weight, but she just has a lot to lose. No, that isn't a lot of weight compared. That's a that's a drop in the bowl of her seven hundred pounds of flat. For her, yes. Yeah. But you losing twenty two pounds oh, in six that'd be months. Awesome. That you don't you don't have twenty two pounds to lose. Is this why you wouldn't okay, tell me this- if I? <laughs> Is this why you wouldn't tell me if I look skinny or not? Oh God. All right, so she wants to get gastric bypass surgery. However, doctors won't operate on her until she loses at least two hundred more pounds. So she's set up a GoFundMe page. Oh my god! And she has raised two thousand three hundred and thirty-eight dollars so far. <sighs> oh, I'm sorry. She was a little bit more than I thought she did. So uh, doctors who brought a scale into her house say that uh, she weighed in at seven hundred and sixty-five pounds. Seven hundred and sixty-five yep. pounds. Yep. Seven hundred and sixty-five pounds. Okay. You know what? I think I'm just going to end with that. I think All that's. Right. I think that the tale of. I don't think you can get much more. I, I don't feel like I could do that. anything else. I, I have some good stories, but they would all be disserviced by following the tale of Charity and Tony, her feeder lover. <sighs> Wait, so that makes him the daughter's uncle. So she, he's going to be the uncle husband. Uncle daddy. Uncle daddy. Yeah, no, no, no. He's not daddy. He's uncle husband. But he'll be uncle step daddy. Uncle. St- yeah. Uncle Stepdaddy. Uncle Stepdaddy. That's what he is, yeah. Ew. There's your world of crazy. Yeah, I'm Uncle Stepdaddy. <laughs> Don't you done look at me. I'm your Uncle Stepdaddy. Do you think he tries to tell her what to do? She's three years younger than him. Wow. Okay, anyway, I'm. this is getting to This is a never-ending. Oh, God, you know that they're going to get together at some point? I don't want to know. But, because that's not, yeah, it's it's not his daughter. Oh, gross. Uncle Stepdaddy. Now you come on over here, send Uncle De- Stepdaddy's lap. Tell him what a good girl you mind. Been. You mind your Uncle Stepdaddy. You mind you mind your P's and Q's. Uncle Stepdaddy's in the room. <laughs> Ew, Uncle Stepdaddy needs to be the name of a band. <laughs> <laughs> because it's true. Like <coughs> he is going to be an Uncle Stepdaddy. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's what he is. He- I want to know. I want to know what's happened in the life of Charlie. There's so many people we need to find out about. Charity's 18-year-old daughter. Oh, I would not be surprised if Is she's it charity estranged or as well. If she, I think it's charity. Charity, yeah. Oh, Uncle Stepdaddy. All right, send us an email, funemploymentradio at gmail.com. Give us a call, 503-575-9120. I want to say a big thank you to our fine sponsor, Metro PCS. Word. It has been awesome seeing everybody uh, switching over there because uh, because it's such a fantastic deal. We're collectively screwing Verizon, and I thank you for that. <laughs> well, that is Sarah's uh, motto. That's mine. That is not the official company so motto happy. of Metro PCS. It's my official. That is Sarah's motto. official motto. Mm-hmm. Uh, Metro PCS, of course, a $40 flat rate service. That's it. $40 period. No contract. They have all the phones. Go in, sign up. 40 bucks. No hidden charges. Unlimited everything. That's it. Mm-hmm. Boom. No contract. So you can just, uh, you can, uh, you don't have to sign like a, a 10 month or a 10-year deal where you have to pay like $5,000 to get out of it. Oh, yeah. No, it's just month to month. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's so fantastic. So uh, Metro PCS, huge thank you to them. Go to metropcs.com slash metro. Find the location near you and let them know you heard about them from Fun Employment Radio. How do you cheat on somebody that's 765 pounds? Like, if he starts feeding the daughter, do you think that... Is that like a form of cheating? If food is your fetish? What if he's secretly feeding the daughter? I don't know, on the side? Step, uh, Uncle Stepdaddy, yeah. Uncle Stepdaddy's... But then it'd be Uncle... St- oh, I don't know. I don't know how to figure that out. Uncle Stepdaddy with the niece... 
Uh, there's too many things to figure I out. I know. There's so I many. Don't know. There's so I don't many. know. <laughs> Uncle Stepdad. Okay, I've got to stop with it. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. Of course, coming up uh, later today on the Fun Employment Radio Network will be the Carl Show starring Jason. Indeed. And uh, that'll be happening at about 5.30 p.m. right here on the network. Geek in the City will not be live. However... However, something special. Indeed. They will have a brand new review of Spider-Man 2. That rhymed. Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man. And uh, that'll be that'll be airing at uh, right about 8 p.m. here on the Fun Employment Radio Network. Mm-hmm. Or maybe right after uh, the, the call show starring Jason yes. is when that'll start airing. And then they'll also play some of their great interviews. They've got interviews with uh, Neil Gaiman, Mike Bignola, and Izzy Duggan. I'm probably saying all their names wrong. I'm probably saying all of those names That's wrong. all right. I'm just glad that you tried to pronounce them and I didn't. Yeah. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Uncle Step Daddy. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> New villain in Spider-Man 2. <laughs> Uncle Step Daddy. Uncle Step Daddy's oh in town. Stop saying Uncle Step Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you so much, everyone. We will be back tomorrow with more Fun Employment Radio. <laughs> Come. Uncle Step Daddy's got a mind bone to pick with you. Kind of messed that one up. You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network.